one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to Qatar for the Game Day World Cup podcast with me, Sam Matterface, alongside Toy Sports Football correspondent Alex Crook and the assistant editor of The Mirror, Darren Lewis. Every day when you wake up, we'll have a bite-sized special delivery from the World Cup, bringing you a roundup of all the day's action, discussing all the upcoming games. Today's top stories, well, it's all about England, isn't it? England draw with the USA. Where was Phil Foden? Anyone seen him? Gareth Southgate hit him in a locker somewhere. He didn't get on last night. Why? And is it actually such a bad result? England are basically through, unless they get humped by Wales, which isn't going to happen. Well, they'll be going through to the knockout stages of the World Cup. Wales, meanwhile, were humbled by Iran when Hennessy sent off for a Harold Schumacher-esque lunge. Can Argentina bounce back from their Saudi humbling when they take on Mexico later? And France have another chance to stake their claim as favourites later today. It is the Game Day World Cup podcast from TalkSport. They have to win. They can't afford another false start. They must hit the ground running. And after 64 years of waiting, there are now no second chances. Support from Ansar Asad. He's played it square. Wales are wide open. It could be 2-0. It is. And Wales' World Cup hopes are crumbling here in Al Rayan. For the red card was um, not acceptable. We hope they'd all come together today and uh, and we were nowhere near them. And die for Dieng! He scored! That will do it! Make no mistake, Senegal are going to win it now. Qatar 1, Senegal 3, and that is surely the end of the story. Qatar, we know, are out of the World Cup. And wouldn't you just know it, Inna Valencia has now scored Ecuador's last six World Cup goals. He gets them level, and it's all square to make the third match day in this group so, so intriguing. The USA have provided trouble in the past, but three points for the three Lions. And a place in the last 16 is theirs. That England have had five shots in 86 minutes. Six goals the other night, five shots today, only one on target. It's too easy to play against England. And that is that, full time, and some booze emanating around the Albay Stadium in Alcor. And the positive result is the only real positive of the night. It's finished England nil, United States nil. I think we can all say with a degree of confidence that England were brought down to earth by the USA with a bit of a crash yesterday because after all the highs of Monday and the sort of feeling that they were going to score a bucket load of goals and all the critics had been pushed to one side, the critics were back in force straight after the end of the game. And I understand it. Leadership is action, someone said to me this week. And it did take a long time for the leader of the England team, Gareth Southgate, 
to take any action. For me, I think they should have made changes at halftime. Darren, what did you think? And is it as bad a result as everyone's making out? Uh, well, I'll do with the second question first, because I don't actually, looking back, think it is as bad a result now, the morning after. I'll tell you why. Think about the Euros uh, and the run to the final. And another grudge match we had in that tournament against the Scots. We drew nil-nil. We managed the game. The next game, it wasn't impressive either, but we did win against the Czechs. And that was that continued our run to the final. So I think we have to trust a guy who's bought a lot of credit with the last four placing and a, a final in the last two tournaments. I think as far as was it that bad a result, um, well, I, clearly I agree with you that you should have brought players on sooner. I can't understand. This was, and it's only a slight criticism because for me, and I've I've written this for the Daily Mirror, Gareth Southgate is absolutely the right man for the job. You know, I think he's set a new higher bar for England management in terms of on the pitch and off the pitch. It doesn't mean that he's not vulnerable to criticism. And I think last night, you were right. You should have brought players on at half time when he saw Saka wasn't at the races he should have replaced him we know we love Saka he's going to be around for years and I think that he's a player we've got to protect but it was clear that uh, Trippier wasn't at the races we needed some attacking thrust not, why not throw on Alexander-Arnold we've got the players I just don't understand why he waited so long to use him and that's something that has been a bone of contention for a while sometimes Southgate can sit on his hands a bit rather than react yeah, I don't think it took too long. Anyway, um, performance-wise, it was pretty flat. Flat from the very first minute. But I have to say, Alex, I am more in the camp of, didn't the USA apply themselves well? I think that it is, McKenney was absolutely terrific in midfield. I thought Tyler Adams was tenacious and superb, smothering whoever he had to cover for a... England, he was pressing high up and causing all sorts of issues. Musa played well. He was playing, he was the England player until he was uh, an under 18. Absolutely terrific, terrific um, performance by their midfield, which outfoxed the England midfield, who didn't do as much as they as they should have done. I always thought that might be a bit of an issue. I mentioned it to you yesterday. You know, they played so well against Iran when they had loads of space, but they had to do a lot more defending yesterday and didn't really manage it. It was just a good... They just sat off, pressed England, waiting for the counter-attack and then tried to get in behind. And they did it a couple of times. They had two great chances. McKinney should have scored and Pulisic hit the bar. They were the better team. They had the better chances. But England didn't didn't do enough to change it for me. And that's a shame, really, because one of the things we came out of Monday with was, look, they made five substitutes in the game against Iran and all five of them made an impact. So there is a little bit more depth in the squad this time around. Why not use it? What were the biggest problems for you? I think you've hit a lot of nails on the head, to be honest. Midfield area was key. I think they worked out from the game on Monday uh, that if you can stop Jude Bellingham, if you can stifle him, then you put England on the back foot. They had more energy, um, the US. I think they showed more desire to win the game. That, to me, smacked of one team trying to win the game and another in England knowing that a point would probably uh, be enough to do the job. And... <laughs> I feel a bit culpable because I went on with White and Jordan before the game and said, I've been Southgate's biggest critic, but he's set the blueprint now, front foot, attacking football against Iran. If he keeps doing that, then England have got a chance of going a long way in the tournament. A few hours later, we're back to the old pragmatic 
defensive safety first Gareth Southgate. I thought it was a dreadful uh, England performance. And I fully understand why there were boos at full time. This tournament is an expensive one to come to. That ground was a nightmare for the supporters to get to and from. So to pay all that money and all the hassle and effort of getting to the game to watch such a turgid display, uh, I think they were right to vent their frustrations. I think Southgate has also created an unneeded narrative with the Phil Foden situation. Nobody can understand why he wasn't introduced from the bench. Gareth said afterwards, well, he doesn't play as a number 10 for Manchester City. um, Marcus Rashford came on as a right-sided winger. He doesn't play there for his club. At times, the England manager is a bit of a walking contradiction. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that, Darren, what you said earlier on about the Scotland game and the European Championships uh, a year ago was maybe a sort of measure of where, how England managed the tournament. And I think last night was probably an example of that. England knew they didn't need to go hell for leather because if they got a point because the result earlier in the day, they were basically through to the knockout stages. It's almost sort of similar. I pointed that out in commentary last night. You can get pessimistic with England quite quickly. You get very high, you get very low. The key thing for the manager is to stay on a level footing. He said he knows that the fans are going to be annoyed, but thinks that England are on the right track. Of course, I want our fans to go home happy and I want our fans at home to have a smile on their faces. So we haven't quite managed to achieve that today. But people are going to react how they react. I can't let that affect how I feel about the team or how the team feels. The objective is to qualify. You have three games to do it. I I would imagine most teams in the competition will take three games to do it. And you have to, we have to stay calm in these moments. We've been through tournaments before and we know that, um, you know, I've been as, uh, as a player and as a, a coach. We, we had a unique thing with getting through the last two in two games. And partly that's in the Euros because three teams go through. So that's, that's not really a realistic thing anyway. So, yeah, look, I'm sure there'll be a lot of noise. This is the tournament of external noise. Then we'll have another layer of that, I'm sure. But we're on track with a bit to do. We can still win the group and that's got to be our target. So, Darren, you agree with him? That they are on the right track. He just maybe needs to up the entertainment value. Yeah, just to reiterate what I said before, we didn't lose. And that's what we're assessing. Game, we did not lose. We're in control of the group. Wales haven't beaten England since 1984. They've got to win by four goals. It simply isn't going to happen. Plus, we have the opportunity to field as many as what, seven new players from the start. We have the players to do it. Listen, America are in a good place. No doubt about that. You look through the side. Yunus, uh, sorry, Yusuf um, uh, is in Valencia. Uh, Christian Pulisic, of course, we know from Chelsea. Uh, Matt Turner's been at Arsenal. Sergio Dest to AC Milan. He was at Barcelona before. They've got good players playing at a high level. But I think we all know what we've seen England's players do at club level, at the highest level before and so everyone has a right to expect a more expansive exciting performance because they tantalized us with that the other day against Iran the other thing I I'd say two things one uh, as you know Andros Townsend is a talks book columnist as well as a mirror columnist and he was telling me on Thursday 
that when he and his Crystal Palace side beat City at the Etihad and he scored, everyone then had big expectations. And he said, it's natural for that to happen. And he said, the next game we played, we played Cardiff and we had a goalless draw. So, and he was saying to me, I would manage everyone's expectations not to believe something massive is going to happen. And he was right. I know one other thing I'd say is what Crook was saying a second ago. It took, I got home from the Albate Stadium at 4am in the morning. Um, I struggled to get an Uber. I struggled. I had to get a coach. I was the only person on the coach all the way back from there down to the main media centre. And then I had to get an Uber. Nobody cares about my struggles, but Crook's making the point that so many England fans have travelled a long, long way to watch that match. That kind of underlines why they're so frustrated because in the short term, they don't talk about game management and, and they don't think about that. They think about the cost. And given that Gareth Southgate talked about wanting to make a nation happy because of the cost of living crisis and the press conference, I think, yeah, it's justified that a few England fans will be a bit upset. But I think in terms of bigger picture, we are still on track. Um, I got a text message actually really late last night from a guy who said to me, the shuttle buses from the city to Alcor, which is where the stadium is. This is the furthest stadium out, by the way, the Albate Stadium. It's miles up the top of the country. It takes about 40 minutes to get there if you don't have any traffic. Um, he said the shuttle buses were really good and they got him back really quickly. And I think it's mixed experiences. I think a lot of people did such, really struggle to get to the game on time. I don't know if you saw there were so many empty seats until around about five minutes before kickoff, people would try and pile in right at the very end. Um, it is it's nowhere near anything else. It's just, it's, it's 30 kilometres outside Doha. Um, but England are going to play there a lot if they win the group. They will just play exclusively there at 10pm for the rest of the tournament yeah. if they Please win the group. second. I mean, that is, the, that, that is the plan. Darren's got his head in his hands. Uh, but they, they do do very <laughs> odd things. Like, they do do very odd things with, a, uh, with, with the roads around the grounds, don't they? I don't know if you found this as well. Like shutting off lanes and lanes of motorway, which could be used for everybody. I don't even know why. There's no explanation for it. Funding people down into one lane to sort of control the traffic. I don't get it. Um, well, one of our colleagues here at TalkSport got on a media shuttle, um, yeah. similar to the, the fan shuttles. And he basically he got to the stadium. And the driver just circled the stadium for 45 minutes. He clearly didn't know where he was supposed to be dropping off. Apparently, one of the German media, in the end, took matters into his own hands and pretty much took over the steering wheel to make sure that they could park up and get Leadership is action. Um, Ricky got in touch with us as well. He said, I got on a bus to a Souk Wakif metro station after the game last night. Um, when we pulled up thinking we were getting off, we realised the driver had taken us to the airport. He didn't have a clue where he's going. Um, that is just one of a number of stories that I think we've sort of been doing the rounds after last night's uh, game. Uh, they do play Wales next live on TalkSport on Tuesday night. Wales hopes of staying in the World Cup hang by a thread after what was, quite frankly, a woeful performance against Iran. They had one chance in the first half. Ben Davis had a chance in the second half. I mean, they literally had nothing. And bearing in mind, Iran... Um, played so badly on Monday it, it looked like a bit of a surprise really I actually just anticipated that Wales would win this game because I thought Iran was so poor actually I think what I said on Tuesday probably bears fruit really that I think Iran had something else on their mind on Monday when they played England all the political situation the country's in turmoil I wonder whether or not that had a massive massive effect on, on the players and as a result of that they didn't perform 
But yesterday they did, they fought, they scrapped and they won. And actually they deserve to win that game, Darren. Yeah, they did. Um, I think as far as Iran are concerned, a lot of people are underestimating them because of the manner of England's defeat the other day. But England, but Iran in the last World Cup, they drew um, Port, uh, Portugal, they beat Morocco, and they only lost by a single goal to Spain. And as far as Carlos Cruz is concerned, he gets those players playing. As far as their players are concerned, I love their front man, Taremi, Mehdi Taremi. He scored 20 goals for Porto last season, and he scored 11 before the World Cup began. Uh, going into the tournament, and he scored two against the English. And I think they have a front man with cutting edge, and they've got movement and energy and creativity in that side. And I think against the Welsh, they were everything that they were not. You could see the Welsh are looking at they're led by two aging players who just wanted to get here, but clearly they're not going to be able to roll back the years to 2016 and it may be time now well it, it is time for them to look for a new vintage one last thing Rob Page messed up big time by starting Dan James in the first game instead of Kiefer Moore uh, he should never have done that and he'll have nightmares about that decision because when Moore came on he was brilliant in that game he started this game understandably so but by now by then it, it had got away from him well, let's hear from Rob Page, uh, who says that the performance was unacceptable. Our performance before the red card was um, not acceptable. It's, um, we hope they all come together today and, uh, and we were nowhere near the, the, the levels we've set, uh, the standards we've set of recent games. And when you're off par, when you get you know, one or two you can carry, when there's so many off days, there's only going to be one outcome. How hard was their task made by Wayne Hennessy's red card, Alex? They were being outplayed long before that, to be honest. I think they were lucky to uh, only lose 2-0. Obviously, uh, going down to 10 men made it easier for Iran to get those two late goals, but it would have been a travesty. They didn't win the game. Ridiculous decision uh, from Hennessy, A, to be that far away from goal in the first place, and then to absolutely poleaxe the Iranian player. Actually, still had quite a bit to do. Uh, had Hennessy just shown a little bit more composure. But, but Darren's right. You can't afford to carry any players at World Cup. You can't, certainly can't afford to carry two players. And I think Rob Page bottled it, really, with the changes that he made. Ramsey should have been off a lot earlier, only ended up being subbed because of the sending off and the necessity to bring on a new goalkeeper. Could even have taken off Gareth Bell, to be honest, because neither were making any impact on the game. But if you look at the Wales squad, with the greatest respect in the world, they've got players from League One, and League Two, I'm not sure really why anybody expected much more from Wales in this group. They were always going to be the whipping boys. Netherlands won, Ecuador won. Another goal for Cody Gakpo. Uh, what a finish it was as well. What a brilliant hit from the edge of the penalty area, Darren. Yeah, super player. Justifying his hype, two goals in as many games. Lots of people wanted to find out whether... What, what was all the fuss about in terms of Gakpo? Because obviously Man United have tried for some time to sign him. Well, we're finding out in this tournament, really responding well to uh, the pressure and the hype and doing a fantastic job of selling himself to all of the big clubs around Europe that want to sign him. England could end up playing Ecuador, couldn't they? And I mean, I think there'll be a threat. I'm not sure that uh, you two are as convinced as me that I think they'll be difficult to play against, but they... Enna Valencia may have picked up an injury and might not be able to play for the rest of the tournament. So that would be a concern for them. But I thought they caused the Netherlands all sorts of problems, Alex. 
it would be a problem bearing in mind that I think he scored their last six goals at this World yeah. Cup and uh, at the World Cup, and he's looked very sharp. Um, listen, I, I don't disrespect or under underestimate Ecuador. I think when we recorded our preview pod, we both picked them out as a, a young, energetic side who could cause one or two problems. But I think ultimately, again, Gareth Southgate has got a bit of luck with the way that the draw has panned out. It's not a strong group. This is not a, a great Netherlands side. I think they've got a bit of stick from uh, the great Marco Van Basten, which Virgil van Dijk took issue with in the post-match press conference. I would expect England to beat whoever uh, comes through this group. But um, you're right about Gakpo. Southampton were very close to signing him uh, in the summer transfer window. I don't think they're going to be able to get him now come January. I think he may well end up at Old Trafford. Uh, Qatar 1, Senegal 3. The host nation get their first World Cup goal. Swaves of empty seats yet again. It's almost as if they're not really a footballing nation. Um, at the whole idea of the World Cup coming here seems a little bit, I don't know, a little bit less easy to defend when you see the lack of interest in the host games, Darren. See, I might run counter to what you've just said and suggest that it's because of all of the negativity painted in the Western media about this tournament that has dissuaded people from coming. I've been, as you know, you've seen my my, my social media content. I've yeah. been out and about talking to fans and their view is that friends of theirs and other people have decided not to come because this place was painted uh, so negatively uh, and they were being told that they, you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. And now that they're here, they're finding it's very different. And I would suggest that maybe in the second round, we might may see more people saying, look, you know what, I want to take the plunge and come over. It is expensive. That That is... Uh, I, I was going to ask you, that, we're talking about a Qatar game and, and most of the people that support Qatar, I'm going to hazard a guess, are in Qatar. So, so why haven't they gone then? Is it because well, they can't afford the tickets? Is I, the, I, are the ticket prices too high? I mean, that that I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I'm not suggesting that they aren't. I'm, they probably are. Everything else is very expensive. No, it's a fair point. And I think the ticket prices are around £65, which could well be a lot of money for people who live. I mean, listen, I've been shopping and been quite struck by how expensive things are here if you go to the wrong place. You know, we come from the UK. And I think... Um, but in general terms, there have been a lot of games where there have been empty seats. This is not about Qatar against Senegal. You know, I, I was at the Brazil game, there were empty seats. I was at the France game, there were empty seats. Last night at the England game, there were empty seats. And there are a lot of people watching back home, even friends of mine, have, you know, been texting me saying, we're kicking ourselves now. Media outlets who believe, you know, that it would be a damp squib and decided not to send and are now kicking themselves at not having done so. So I do think that we kind of can't have it both ways. We painted this place as some a, a place not worth going to. And Sam, let's not kid ourselves. We even know, and then you crook, we know people who had deep apprehension about coming out here and are now enjoying it out here. And I think we should be honest about that. But I think in terms of the game... I'm really pleased for Boulay Dia. He is the guy who had to, who was called up to replace Sadio Mane. People looked at him and said, oh, what, seven goals in 14 games? How is he going to replace Sadio Mane? Wonderful goal he took yesterday. And Senegal look as though they're, they're, they're cooking again. I think that they'll be, OK, I'll have some confidence about what England can do. But don't underestimate Senegal because they could cause a lot of teams a lot of problems. 
Okay, let's move on to what's happening on Saturday night. Uh, obviously, there's a huge game between Argentina and Mexico, but France, Denmark, Poland against Saudi Arabia and Australia, Tunisia are all live on TalkSport. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Oh, good touch by Matthew Lecky. Got away from Theo Hernandez. Cross to the far post. Good win! Has put Australia ahead! Three good win! What a start for the Socceroos! And Tunisia are level. Five minutes of the second half gone. Lewandowski on the uh, left edge of the area. He's going to go for goal! What a strike from Robert Lewandowski! The shot comes in, oh, it's a goal! And it's a wonderful goal! What a terrific strike it is from Salim Al-Dazri! And Saudi Arabia are in front! Goes to the far post, Giroud! 4-1! Brilliant work from Mbappe! Denmark running forward at pace and it's a goal for Denmark. Wonderful strike from Christian Eriksen into the penalty area. Lozano scores for Mexico. A fabulous goal. Lionel Messi is in here. Oh, what a fabulous goal. Lionel Messi. Okay, it's time for the hottest ticket in town. The game that had the most interest. The game that sold the most tickets prior to the start of the tournament. The game everybody wanted to be at was Argentina, Mexico at the Lusau Stadium. It's tonight, seven o'clock, live on Talk Sport. And Argentina have to win it. Well, okay, they can uh, draw and still be alive, but not a great idea. Argentina will be unable to progress from the group if they lose. And they last went out of the group stage 20 years ago in 20, uh, 2002. Never have they lost their opening two games of a World Cup. Could it happen today, Alex? I don't think so, to be honest. And you're right about it being the hottest ticket in town. I have managed to get my hands on one. And I'm really looking forward uh, to this game. A lot of Argentinian and Mexico fans around Doha. The atmosphere is going to be sensational. To get to see Lionel Messi in the flesh at a World Cup final, I think is something to tick off everybody's bucket list. 
And I think the, the Saudi Arabia defeat in some ways will be a wake-up call, and I fear for Mexico, because I think, you know, if you look at the way that game played out in the first half, Argentina were cruising. Maybe it was too easy. I thought it was a very arrogant approach in the second half that allowed Saudi Arabia back into the game. They're not going to make that mistake again. I, I think Argentina will win, and I think they could well win comfortably. Uh, Argentina actually probably were given a little bit of a helping hand by Mexico when they drew with Poland earlier in the week. Um, Ochoa's penalty save from Lewandowski, the standout moment from that rather uh, attritional game. Mexico have failed to score in their last three World Cup matches. They've never gone four without scoring, so the likelihood is is that they'll breach an Argentina defence that looked creaking when they played Saudi Arabia, Darren. Yeah, um, I, I, Otamendi's in that back line alongside Romero. Romero, I rate Otamendi, I think, is probably older than me. Romero's I, not fit, I, is he? Otamendi's older than you. Well, I've just made that gag, so you can't make it now. Um, I thought I'd get in there ahead of you. I do have this real image. I, forgive me, if you're an older uh, football fan, you'll probably remember the film Mike Bassett where he goes around saying... We're better than the Mexicans. We're better than the Mexicans. <laughs> and I just got this image of Lionel Scaloni doing that with the Argentina players. Listen, you don't go on a 36-match undefeated run without being half-decent. And the way that they played releases Messi to score goals. I was just a little bit surprised that they couldn't really get to grips with the offside trap in the game against the Saudis. I don't think they'll make that mistake again. I think this will be a good match, but I wouldn't underestimate Mexico either, I, I think that they're a side that will express themselves, they'll learn from the first game. This is a tournament where, with only few exceptions, everything else is not going to form, or certainly pre-tournament form. Um, and so I don't expect it to be a foregone conclusion for Argentina. I think you'll be at a thrilling game, Crook. Um, if Messi scores, it will be his eighth World Cup goal, moving him level with Diego Maradona and Guillermo Stabile. Only Gabriel Batistuta has more goals for Argentina. And Batty goal is here. He's he's here in Qatar. He's, in fact, playing golf this morning with my uh, my ITV teammate, Lee Dixon. They got up very early this morning, which is very difficult after getting in uh, about three in the morning, I thought. But anyway. Um, he's struggling to get up early most days. We've learned that. Yeah, me, me, you, and Darren the same, I think, yeah. Um, it's difficult. We're working until very, very late at night. Darren's already articulated, you know, how tough it was for him last night getting in at 4 a.m. in the morning. It's, you know, it's hard getting up at uh, nine o'clock. Listen, he's giving me stick, Darren, because I did sleep in the other day and didn't do the podcast. So he's trying to have a jibe at me here. And I Can you imagine, up, Darren, if I did that? Can you imagine? Hands up. It? it actually happened. I didn't turn up. But it was such a rare event. It's never happened before. And the producer, Jeremy, was actually concerned and was even thinking of sending the emergency services round because he knew that I was usually so reliable. But yeah, okay. On this occasion, I may have messed up. Um, but let's hope that Argentina don't mess up because I think the tournament needs them. Uh, France, Denmark is live on TalkSport at 4pm. Um, we've seen every team play now. Are France the best? Uh, I think there's an argument for that. You know, I think they certainly have a player capable of taking the tournament by storm in, in Kylian Mbappe. I still worry going into the latter stages that Olivier Giroud, with the greatest respect in the world, isn't carrying Benzema. I know, but that would sound churlish after what he did in the first game. They've lost Hernandez to injury. I think that's a significant blow. But yeah, they, they're going to be one of the teams we're going to be talking about uh, all the way until the, the latter stages. 
they should have too much for a Denmark side who were really disappointing, really out of sorts in the first game that I commentated on TalkSport against Tunisia. So I would expect France to win. And, and actually that opens it up, doesn't it, for Tunisia or Australia to, to try and take second place and progress the knockout stages. I think Australia will be out if they don't uh, win today. Is that right? Um, or if they lose, they'll be out today, Australia. Um, Denmark, they have won the last two games with France, haven't they? You know, mm. I mean, that there is a little bit of uh, history between these two sides. They looked a little bit blunt in their opener against Tunisia, but they've got an opportunity to make a statement now after what was not, not the greatest performance on the opening day, Darren. Yeah, they do. And as you say, their record against the French is good. So they won't fear Kylian Mbappe, Olivier Giroud or anyone else in that side. They're very organised, very efficient. They've got good players, Christian Eriksen as well, pulling the strings in midfield and finding those gaps in the back line, the French back line. That wasn't convincing. I was at the Australia game and Australia had chances if they were a bit more decisive, a bit more clinical. They could have caused an upset. Their goal they scored was a terrific uh, well-worked effort. So if Denmark are on their day, they could pull off a shock. I don't think this one either is a foregone conclusion. Darren, you're off to the Poland-Saudi Arabia game. It's live on TalkSport at 1pm. Crook, you're, are you going to this one as well? Is that the one you're commentating on today? Uh, yes, it is. Um, so get your money down for a nil-nil. The stats lead to that as well. I don't think it will be nil-nil uh, because Poland obviously play Argentina in the final game. So this is a match that they're really going to have to win. Pressure on Robert Lewandowski having missed that penalty in the first game. Still hasn't scored at a World Cup. And obviously Saudi Arabia, the surprise package in the group so far. So I think this could be a better game than maybe it looked on paper before a ball was kicked. Saudi Arabia can go through if they win. And it's a massive, massive game because this game has an impact on what happens later with Argentina-Mexico as well, doesn't it, Darren? Yeah, it does. Um, and I think it, there's a real chance of that happening. Poland are good, but they're very much dependent on Lewandowski, who just seems to have an issue at the World Cup scoring goals uh, at Barcelona, who's been sensational so far this season. I think he's scored 18 or 19 goals. He's been brilliant since his move from Bayern Munich. Uh, but I think as far as the World Cup is concerned, they, it needs more than just him. Whereas for the Saudis, again, I was at the game. It was no fluke them coming from behind to beat Argentina. I really do love Shahiri. El Shahiri up front takes goals well, has lots of composure. The winger Al Dosari, uh, huge expectations around him coming into this tournament. He's thirty-one years of age. He's been around the block. The country love him. The hype around him was massive. But he delivered in some style in that game against Argentina. And I expect if the Poles are not at it, the Saudis to win again. There's every chance they could do that. And if they were to do it, it would be massive for the region. You you cannot underestimate how massive it would be to have an Arab club, uh, country rather in the knockout stages for this region where we are. They've always believed they should have a World Cup here. There'll be generations of kids who will take inspiration from the Saudis, the coming through this group. And it'll be fairly difficult as well for, you know, we all know about the politics. And listen, we're not a, pol a, a political station, so I won't go deep into that. But, you know, the issues that surround that, let's just say, will be slightly tricky for some people who take only a passing interest. But this is a football competition and these footballers have been exceptional so far. 
Uh, after humbling Messi, um, I am looking forward to Al Tambakti having a go at Robert Lewandowski. His defending for um, during the game against Argentina was absolutely outstanding. It was brilliant. He's, he was the captain on the under-23s a couple of seasons ago. And he's only just sort of coming to the first team for Saudi Arabia. He was cherishing every tackle, every block every moment during that game at the Lusau Stadium uh, earlier in the week. Uh, and I think you know, Lewandowski has got a job on his hands to get past him. That game is at Education City in Al Rayyan, about 15, 20 minutes away from where we are. Um, and it kicks off at one o'clock English time. Australia, Tunisia live on TalkSport 2 at 10 o'clock. Um, there's not much chance of either of these two teams finishing second in the group. Or is there, Crook? Well, as I say, it depends. If, if, if Denmark don't win the game and therefore only have, only have one point going into the, the final match, then if there is a victory in this one, I mean, if Tunisia win, for example, they're on four points and you would give themselves maybe a chance of getting through. Obviously, they've got to play France in the last game, which is difficult. Um, but <laughs> ruled on by their boisterous fans, um, I think they've got a chance against this Australia side. They, they, they impressed me uh, against Denmark. They impressed me with their, with their energy levels. They impressed me the way they moved the ball around, probably just lacking that killer punch in attack, which could be an issue. But yeah, I, I think um, I think they've got an opportunity to pick up a, a rare World Cup win. Um, time for an apology before we leave you. Crook and I did promise you that not only would we review the England game today, that we would also give you a review of Craig David at the Budweiser party <laughs> last night. Um, neither of us went. I'm so Darren, did you go? No, I, I didn't. I did go to one a couple of nights ago, um, but not to this one, no. We miss Craig David. Yeah. I... Well, the problem mm. was that I went to the England game on Monday, the France game on Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday, um, I went... And Thursday and Friday. Well, exactly. I, I, I maybe maybe on Sunday. It's been, a, it's been a tough seven days at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. Listen, seven days here, and I'm gonna listen. I've actually enjoyed my experience here. I'm not complaining about it at all. But I don't know about you, Darren. I found the time difference thing really odd, mainly because the Qatari time doesn't seem to be right. It's almost (laughs) like they've forgotten to put their clocks back or something because it gets dark at half past four in the afternoon, and by the time you've sort of Got up. You, you seem to be working in the dark, don't you? It's. I mean, maybe that's because of the heat, and they do that purposefully so that people don't get too hot, whatever. But it does sort of freak you out a little bit, and it just messes with your body clock slightly. I don't know if you found that. I, I, I have found it. I, for me, I think it's a wonderful reminder of how blessed we are with this job because it's you lose track of time in the same way yeah, you, do. you do when you're on holiday. Um, and, and I think there are occasions where I'm like, oh my gosh, is that the time already? Uh, and games are finishing and it's midnight. I was I got home as it was actually nearly light uh, last night. Uh, um, the three hour difference must be wonderful back home for fans listening, what's, uh, watching TV, for example, at seven o'clock UK time and the game's finishing just before 10. But for us leaving Stadia way after midnight, if you're far away, you're banging in trouble. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that said, it, 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 it's 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 fabulous. We've been, both been here for two weeks or so, uh, just under two weeks, and it still takes some getting used to. 
They, yeah, listen, I, I, I want to say, you know, the other great thing is, is they keep everything up and open all night. So uh, we got back here to our hotel last night. You know, you're talking two o'clock in the morning and everyone comes being piles into the little table, ends up sitting, eating, talking, drinking until yeah. a little bit later in the evening. So they're allowed, you know, it, 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 it's it's available to you. They're, they're doing their best to, to, to host you really well, which is, uh, you know, which is also a privilege too. So look, we've got uh, big games today on TalkSport. Talk Sport 2. I'm going to Argentina against Mexico. Looking forward to that. Doing that for the television tonight. And then tomorrow, um, I think all the tension will start to sort of ramp up towards that final game between England and Wales. Although I will remind you, it doesn't really matter. England are probably going to go through unless there is an absolute miracle performance by Wales on Tuesday. That game also live on TalkSport. Darren, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of Brilliant. your day. Crook, have a good one. I know you've got a busy one. You're off to Poland, Saudi Arabia, and then off to the Argentina game. We'll see you there. We're back tomorrow morning. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.